<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but... Somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that thinks it's the in-flight entertainment... It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Dusty. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he also gives really good foot massages. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. It's true. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat uh, about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Podcasting is his arcana. It's Aaron Schweitzer! That's me! That is you. Uh, A couple things right here off uh, the bat. Uh, I did for this week... Uh, tell Andrew to get over here. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, Andrew's actually in the same room. Yeah, I know. Hi. Hi. We hey. could almost. We could almost. We oh touched gosh. fingers. It's amazing. <laughs> it actually happened. And we didn't burn. Uh, thanks to the uh, miracles of modern medicine, uh, yeah. Andrew's able to be hanging out in the same room today. Not sure uh, that this will happen. Uh, again, uh, maybe ever every once again. in a while, ever again. Uh, but uh, but you've got some stuff uh, like remodeling and stuff going on at home. Yeah, so. I don't have floors in my office. Well, so. there you go. That, you kind of need floors. Otherwise, you just kind of fall to the center of the earth. Yeah. And that's no I fun. I mean, there's ground in, underneath, you know, mm-hmm. subfloor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't want to walk on nails. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. So that is thing number one. Andrew is in the room uh, today. Uh, and then Aaron uh, Schweitzer is also joining us. Who you may have seen last week on the Sposkers broadcast. And Aaron, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, we may get confused a couple times. Uh, we do have the same first name, uh, which is why Aaron on Sifpop.com often goes by Aaron, but not that Aaron. Uh, on sifpop.com, which honestly, why don't I go by that, right? Why can't he be Aaron and I can be Aaron, Aaron. but not that Aaron? Like, (laughs) it could go either way, right? It depends, yeah, who's the main uh, figure. Right, Yeah. right. And he's, I mean, over there at sifpop.com, he's like the the, one of the main figures. So So you're not that Aaron. I'm not that Aaron, that's for sure. Uh, But I may end up calling you Schweitzer today, if that's all right with you. Uh, Look, as long as it's not A.A. Ron. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Common, mm, I feel seen. I feel seen. <laughs> Thank you, my fellow Aaron, uh, for uh, offering that. Is A.A. Ron your guys' version of the D. Daniel 
back at it with the white vein sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Or or anybody named Jake when they're asked if they're wearing khakis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's that it's that whole thing. You know, a lot of people have it um, with one thing or another. There is no Andrew mockery, so no. I'm fine. Thank you, Kean Peel. We love you and we appreciate you. <laughs> um, speaking of the Sposkers, let's start there. Yeah. Um, we had a great time and really enjoyed hanging out with you. If you were missing a podcast in your feed last week, um, that is why we did a live show with the uh, the Oscars. There was a lot that happened during the Oscars that made a live show really, really fun. Um, I don't know that it made the Oscars really, really fun, but it made the live show really, really fun. Uh, Choices were made. Yes. (laughs) Decisions were made. Uh, If you want to, you know, even just fast forward to certain key moments, uh, I believe the moment we realized they were going to Best Picture is is in there, and we were all flabbergasted. Then, of course, the moment where... Uh, they ended up ending the show on Anthony Hopkins' picture, yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix running off the stage. <laughs> yeah, just like, uh, and then followed by about forty minutes of conversation with us just going, "What, what? is happening?" Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is that was all caught live. If you want to check that out, you can go to the YouTube channel, sifpop.com. Uh, and find it there in the videos. But amongst that, uh, we also had a contest going on. Yeah, you and I didn't do too hot. We didn't do great. You beat me. I think you had 15 and I had 13. Yeah. Um. So our our personal battle, you won. Yeah, but out of like 23. 23? Yeah, 23 this yeah. year. Man. Yeah. Aaron, uh, Schweitzer, do you remember where you ended up? At 12. Ah, well, we both beat Schweitzer at least. Yeah, um, I'll just, I'll just be the. <laughs> that's why you're not that. That's Aaron. right. That's why I get to be Aaron, and it gets determined every year at the Oscars who gets to be Aaron. Who has to be oh, not that Aaron. Well, maybe I'll like to try my sponsor's pick next year. <laughs> Please let that be a thing. Uh, the winners, however, had 18, and there were several people yeah. with 18 out of 23. Oh no, that would mean that I'm not that Andrew. Because your brother beat me. Oh, no. That's right. That's a fair point. Um, So, yeah. So there were several people with 18 out of 23, including two gurus. And there are two parts to the contest, uh, if you've never participated. One part is the guru contest, where... We actually have the like writers for Sif Pop, um, people who've been on the podcast, guests of the podcast are welcome to play. Uh, and many, many of them do, and I, I love that. I appreciate that. Uh, we had two of them have 18 out of 23. And then I think there were six others that also had 18 out of 23. And if you know, if you follow, you know that the tie break is guessing the length of the broadcast, which always makes it fun at the end because there's always somebody rooting for it to go longer or rooting I, for it to go shorter. I think it's come down to the tiebreaker last couple of years. Hasn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. yeah, it makes the end really, really fun. Yeah. Um, uh, that kind of stumbled into that one. That was not strategic. I didn't, I wasn't thinking, hmm, what would be a fun tiebreaker that would be like yeah. right at the end? I wasn't even thinking about that, but once it started playing out, I was like, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense to do it this way because this is this is really fun um so i talked to curious low uh who ended up winning the tie break for the sponsors contest so congratulations to low well done you are the guru winner this year and she said she she said everything she wanted to say in her speech and she didn't really have anything uh else to say uh other than you know thanks for thanks for letting her play and so uh, curious low anytime, uh, really awesome. Next time you're on, yeah, um, we'll allow you to uh, 
to lord it over us in one way or yeah, another. Yeah, I would not have been so gracious and graceful. Uh, the winner, overall winner, this is the overall winner, was Foster Harfinger and our Harlfinger. And uh, Foster did get back with me with what he wants on the podcast. Yeah. So um, after a paragraph or so, um, just kind of pouring on the the love and praise of the show, um, he said that didn't have to be in his, his statement, but he wanted us to know how much he loves it. And we appreciate that, Foster. That oh, means a lot. Nice. Um, he says this, I would like to thank the Sif Pop Academy for this award. Since there is no way that I'll be able to top the fun- fantastic pun-filled speech from 2019. That was a fantastic speech, by the way. Uh, I'll give you all a buried treasure of my own and call it a day. Everyone should seek out The Kid Detective, one of the most underseen movies of last year. It stars Adam Brody, who should be cast in every movie from now on. The central mystery unfolds slowly, but has an unexpectedly emotional yet intensely satisfying resolution. If you enjoy movies like Zero Effect, Brick, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, then this is a movie for you. I hope everybody is having a great day. Make sure you're drinking lots of water and getting a full eight hours of sleep. And to quote Truman Burbank, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and good luck. Oh, no, good night and good luck was on the, the pre-show. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I got a little teaser. teaser. Um, so you are very welcome, uh, Foster, and thank you. And uh, I, I really do appreciate that. I have not seen The Kid Detective. I, I thought it was this year. I thought it was early this year. I thought that was a 2021 movie, but I could be absolutely wrong I about it, that. I think it was November. Could be. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. It was a 2020 film. Uh, so I, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Have either of you had a chance to uh, check out Kid Detective yet? Nay. I've heard good things, so this doesn't surprise no, me. No, but I bought it because it oh. was on sale for 10 bucks at Voodoo. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, it remains bought but not seen. Mm. Yep. That's like <laughs> 300 movies I own. <laughs> right. not Looks forgotten. like October 16, 2020. It adds an, and it adds an extra little element to your list of shame when they are movies that you've actually spent money on that you still haven't. Well, seen. the two that I haven't seen, I also don't own. So I have well, movies that I've bought that I haven't seen yet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Singing I... in the rain. <laughs> well, at least you bought it. Yeah. It's worthwhile. I'm halfway there. Uh, have you seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly yet? Nope, but I yeah, bought it. Yeah, I know. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but I will see it soon because that's in the 60s, right? I'm kind of working my way through some of my list of shame in the uh, 60s. 64. Five? I I bet I see it soon then because I think I'm in 1963 right now when I decide to watch a movie off my list of shame. I'm kind of going in order. Yeah, it should be soon. I'm in 63 right now, so um, so yeah, I'll 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 be seeing it soon, and I'll I'll, I'll let you know when I do, and then you'll have to watch Singing. Then I'll in the have rain. to watch Singing. In yeah, the rain. exactly. <laughs> uh, Foster, you're awesome. Thanks for participating. I will oh, well say, done. Yeah, very well done. Uh, overall, numbers were down this year, not just for the Oscars, but for the uh, at least the participants in the contest for the Sposcars as well. Actually, viewing numbers were were up for the Sposcars, so thanks for tuning in. That was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, but we had 119, I think, this year, and last year we had about 186. Yeah. It's still respectable. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, honestly, I mean, movie lovers, friends of mine who love movies were like, oh, wait, the Oscars is happening? Like, I mean, it was just yeah. nobody knew it was going on, so. It's, it's just the time, man. It's, this will go down as a year of forgotten things. <laughs> you yeah. know, we're like, oh, yeah, that was the thing, because I was so focused on the world being on fire that I didn't really remember that the Oscars 
Where is I, well, I just wonder how it'll after, come back. After the last 20 minutes of the broadcast, I doubt anybody will forget it anytime soon. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, if I know that was not his intention, but I mean, like, <laughs> if that was like, oh, I'm going to get people talking about the Oscars, I'm going to have the, the best picture towards, you know, not the, not the end, and I'll mm-hmm. have a best actor. Soderbergh hasn't admitted anything specifically, but others in the production broadcast have basically admitted that was that was what was going on. Nobody's like come out and like really said it, but um, you know, I, I it just it makes the most sense. Every, you just everybody kind of knows it. They were hoping yeah. for a yeah. nice big emotional ending. Yeah, and uh, the thing about when you don't actually know the winners, it's a gamble is that is a huge risk. And we actually even talked about that on the show before it happened. How much of a risk that was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, what a year! What a year! Hopefully next year more people will enjoy it again, and you know maybe they'll they'll you know have some fun with it. And I don't know. We'll see. Uh, movies are in a very precarious place right now, but. Uh, Movies know. aren't uh, awards. No, I think movies are. Really? I, I really do think movies are because theaters are in a precarious place right now. Um, this this coming generation, um, Gen Z, not huge into movies. Uh, you know, they're the every generation kind of shortens their attention span. That's what it feels like to me. And so, you know, you've got TikTok now with nice little five, six, seven second, you know, um, jokes or whatever, and it's just like. For for my kids to sit down for a movie, it's like a thing. It's like me reading a book. It's like a thing. Like, oh, I got you know, this is gonna take you know that. And so it's really interesting. I, I wonder if that kind of storytelling will ever kind of see its heyday again. Um, I'm I'm very interested by what you said because I did my master's degree uh, based off of studying Gen Z, and I really think a lot of Gen Z shows tendencies to to trying to get back to an older form. Um, there's lots of generation parallels between uh, the early 2000s and the early 1900s. And so um, I kind of think and hope that theaters will be on the rise. It might be. There might be a little bit of that, um, that vinyl effect, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, this was a cool thing that used to happen and then it just it's kind of so yeah there's like um almost a rediscovering that a could vintage. happen yeah a vintage kind of thing so even though it's still america's second biggest export <laughs> besides right. food right is entertainment yeah uh it'll be interesting to see yeah. uh kind of what happens there uh well let's get into the show guys we've got a fun one today uh let's get into the rest of the show i should say uh, we've already been doing, in case you didn't know this, uh, we've already been doing the show. Uh, oh, that's what's going on. Yes, cool. that is what is, what is happening right now. Uh, we are going to have, uh, of course, our buried treasure. We've got a best ever challenge on best ever tournament movies because we were supposed to have a tournament movie on the schedule this week, but instead we had Mortal Kombat. Um, Spoiler! That was a joke. Uh, the uh, We're going to do Mo- Mortal Kombat in Stowaway for the movies uh, for review this week. And let's get into it with Mortal Kombat. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions that dragon marking i think it's an invitation to fight for something known as mortal combat 
Hunted by the fearsome warrior Sub-Zero, MMA fighter Cole Young finds sanctuary at the Temple of Lord Raiden. Trained with experienced fighters Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and the rogue mercenary Kano, Cole prepares to stand with Earth's greatest champions to take on the enemies from Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. Uh, Mortal Kombat is on HBO Max and in theaters, and uh, this is not the first attempt to make the Mortal Kombat movie. There was one in the 90s that I believe Andrew loves. Uh, Andrew! <laughs> what? A bit of a Mortal Kombat fan, are you? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm excited, to talk, I'm excited to talk about it with you because I am not a Mortal Kombat fan. People may be surprised to know this, even you know, considering when I grew up. Uh, I haven't played a second of this video game, of any of them. I know there's been mm. several of them. I have never played this game. Um, so, but I do remember the movie, uh, but I didn't watch it when it came out. I watched it later and was not impressed. Didn't really enjoy it. Um, so I come to it pretty, uh, you know, uh, with, with no like pre-knowledge, that kind of stuff. Sure. And Andrew, you're kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum, which is going to be fun. Um, did you play the first game that came out? Yeah. And in every game since? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've, I've technically played Mortal Kombat 11. I just don't own it. But yeah, I've played it. <laughs> nice. Uh, where do you stand in that spectrum, Schweitzer? Yeah, um, I have seen several of the games being played. Uh, I've played several of the games. Um, I saw the original movie, uh, and that's just atrocious. And uh, <laughs> I think the new games are fine. Uh, ever since the... Um, uh, like the reboot with Mortal Kombat Nine, uh, I think they've been they've been really good since then. Uh, so really, everything after Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, because we don't we don't talk about that one anymore. Um. So Andrew, you're the only one that likes the original movie, and yeah. you're the biggest fan of Mortal Kombat. So I think maybe we start with you. Okay. Uh, did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay? Low side of liked it. Okay. Low side of liked it. Yeah. Uh, Schweitzer, what do you got? I'm right where he is. Well, I get to be the the downer then today. Uh, I'm I'm on the high side of uh, disliked it. Okay. Um, not even it's just okay. I just I I did not like this movie. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, we like to start mm -hmm. with the positive, so we will do that. Um, and since you guys liked it about the same, uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? Um, well, I think that there are two. When you have a movie like this, it's really character highlighting is what you know drives a movie like this um so if i'm going to highlight any characters in this movie i think that there are two standout performances that really get this movie going and that's kano and sub-zero i think sub-zero is this force of nature this horrifying entity that you have to take on and kano is the he's what gives this movie a little bit of you know levity and he's hilarious he is so funny um it's it's really interesting the fact that they spent so much time developing those two characters instead of giving the rest of the cast the the same amount of care like there it seems like there are some characters that are there to be fodder for fatalities i'll mm -hmm. just say yeah and uh but I will say that the those two performances, the Sub Zero and the Kano, are really, really good. I don't disagree with you. Um, Joe Taslim is the name of the uh, yes. actor who played, played Sub Zero, and I don't know that we've really seen him in much. 
He was in the Raid movies. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Fast and Furious 6. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And then uh, Josh Lawson uh, Kano. Played, played Kano. Yeah. And apparently he was on a Showtime show called House of Lies. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really seen him in, in anything else. In fact, this entire cast is fairly unknown to me. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've seen I've seen some of them here or there. Well, I think that the biggest name that if you are any a fan of any kind of like, uh, like uh, Japanese films, then... Uh, Hiroyuki Sonata is like yes. I think he's the biggest name of this movie, yeah. and he plays uh, uh, Hanzo Hisashi, which is Scorpion. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So those performances for me were as well uh, the standouts. Um. It's going to be hard for me not to turn every positive into a negative, and I apologize no, for this ahead I was of time. Actually, I was just about whenever I was talking, I was like, "Yeah, those two were great." I wish the others were that great. <laughs> well, and it's almost like it's almost like there are. There are almost three different movies based on what the actors are doing in this movie. There, you know, uh, Kano and Sub Zero are in a totally different movie uh, than Sonya Blade and Cole Young are in. Like, yeah. you know, like there's, yeah. it's just, it's really, it's there's not a lot of consistency. There's not hardly any consistency with the movie understanding its tone through the acting that's taking place in the movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I I do I do agree that. Uh, Sub Zero and and um, Kano were were probably the standouts for me. That's the movie I would have gravitated towards. Like if everybody mm-hmm. had been in that movie, I think it could have been a little more fun, a little more interesting. It still has major problems for me, but I think that could have been a, a good step in the right direction. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, Schweitzer, some general thoughts from you? Yeah, uh, I've seen this movie twice, uh, and uh, I've had two different experiences. Partly because uh, one of them I've seen completely sober minded, and the other one I was. With Frank, so, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. uh, and then as well as uh, I tried watching it through my TV app, and uh, it's it's stretched out to fill the screen, and it looks terrible. Uh, but it, I w- then I went through Google TV the second time, and it actually looks like a fitted format. So like, don't don't watch the stretch format; it looks terrible. Yeah. Um, but this, I had a better time watching it uh, with with Frank and Alex, and uh, after after this Oscars weekend. Um, and I'd echo all you said about the characters. I, I feel like a lot of this movie just felt kind of like discount to me. Um, the 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 effects seemed kind of discount. Even like you look at some of the actors and like specifically Sonya Blade, and it's like, oh, they wanted Charlize Theron for this movie, and then they got somebody who looks kind of like Charlize Theron. And yeah, uh, it, it just the whole movie kind of felt um, almost low effort to me, uh, but. I think it's totally serviceable. Uh, it, yeah, what did you like about it? If it felt low effort to you, like what you, because you said you were on the low side of liked it, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and um, I think that the movie really gets some of the executions right, uh, specifically the Kung Lao execution of the, the dragon lady, whatever her name is, uh, is just awesome. Kung Lao, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Kung Lao is one of the best characters in Mortal Kombat, uh, and that's the best execution, in my opinion, uh, even of the games. Um, I think that uh, the fan service is done really well. Uh, it sometimes is a little bit in your face about it, uh, but you know when you hear the "get over here" and you hear the, uh, uh, or you see some of the some of the executions, um, or one of the characters just says "fatality" out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't I mean, say look, for no every, reason. Is because they just positive. killed somebody brutally. Right, but who kills somebody brutally? He goes fatality <laughs> with with every. With every uh, positive for this movie, there is a negative. So, you know, the execution is awesome. And then immediately Kung Lao goes, flawless victory. And sure, that's 
Hello. I hated it. <laughs> it's a throwback to the video game, but it makes no sense. And it, yeah. like yeah. the whole thing, I, I think that what this movie tried to do is there was a, a Mortal Kombat short that came out about nine years ago where they tried to make it seem like Mortal Kombat was more a realistic and like took place in our world, you know, as opposed to mm. in a world where I think this is kind of trying to toe the line. And I think that that's its biggest, not its biggest downfall. I'll get to that in a second. But I think one of its downfalls is that it tries to toe the line of making it, you know, a real, like feel like it's a real world, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. But you also have people saying, flawless victory and Mm -hmm. Kano wins and you know stuff like that which make it a little bit more ridiculous and I think you have to either pick which one you want to do do you want to do the realistic dirty gritty movie or do you want to do the bombastic crazy fatality brutality type of movie um go ahead you look like no, no, no. no. I, th- I thought you were finishing up. If you're not no. done, go ahead and finish up. I'm, I was just, just... I'm waiting to say my piece until it's my turn. <laughs> this is yeah. going to be kind of spoilerish, but not really. I think, because I'm going to compare it to the 94 movie here. Okay. I think where the 94 movie works and where this whole franchise works is whenever there is a tournament structure mm-hmm. to the movies. Yes. Because... A tournament structure lends itself easy to, okay, we know how the flow of this movie is going to work. That way we can use that extra momentum to build character development and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Whereas if you look at Annihilation, which is one of the worst movies ever made, mm-hmm. there's no tournament structure. And they just throw in character fodder. And you're like, I don't know who this person is or why I should care about them, but they just popped on screen and now they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And it's only people like me who recognize that character and like, okay, but even then I'm still going, but why are they here? Mm-hmm. And in this movie, there's not really a tournament structure and that lack of, it's gonna, discipline isn't the right word, but that lack of discipline to say, we're going to follow the tournament's rules. Mm-hmm. You know, that way us as an audience, we don't have to wonder what's going to happen next. We know yeah. what's going to happen next. A fight is going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just to be clear, when Andrew mentions Annihilation, he is not talking about the 2018 uh, Alex Garland film. He is talking about Mortal Kombat. No, yeah, this is one of the worst movies ever made. That <laughs> scene, the scene with the crying woman bear. Uh, <laughs> no, that movie is horrifying, and I love it. Uh, there's no, there's no tournament, no tournament there structure. There is no tournament in Annihilation. Although I'm pretty sure I did see Reptile. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. It's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Here's here's how I'll sum up my issues with this movie, and, and they are Legion. Um, I <laughs> the the main thing for me is this is a movie that specializes in the type of fan service that leaves a non-fan completely out in the cold. Mm. I had nothing... This very much reminded me of the World of Warcraft movie. I had a very similar experience uh, in watching World of Warcraft and in watching uh, Mortal Kombat in that I could tell there were references and jokes and things happening. It was obvious that something was you know, referenced a lot of times because it kind of stood out and it would just... Go right over my head, and I'm like, I, I don't know what to grab on here other than gruesome uh, death scenes. Like that's the yeah. only thing this movie was to me was just a you know okay I get it the video game had gruesome deaths 
this also has gruesome deaths. Um, but I didn't know half the characters. I didn't know really any of the characters. I'd I'd heard of Sub Zero, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I just through living in this world and, and having my brain in you pop know culture. Sub Zero. I don't even know that I really knew Scorpion. Well, like you've uh, heard of maybe. Maybe is that the one with the like the sp- like the get over here? Is yeah. that Scorpion? Yeah. Okay, and that was with the get over here. <laughs> Is that not what it's called? No, no. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, I just, it, I as I'm watching it, I'm going, I, I bet a fan is watching this and going, oh, I know what that is. I Like, I heard somebody talk about Let me just yeah. mention one thing that's yeah. an example. I heard somebody talk about the fact that part of this movie uh, makes mention of the gameplay. Like, they talk about not blocking or something in this movie, and like, that was a yeah. common game. And I'm just like... How am I supposed to get that? And how does that make the movie better for me? Like it sure it, it doesn't. Now that's a very selfish view, but we're all kind of you know here to give our perspectives on this. And as a non-fan, like I just felt left out. I was just like, I don't there's nothing here. And and again, like you mentioned, without a tournament structure, there's really nothing for me to care about. I didn't think anybody really came off as good guys either. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm rooting for them because they're awesome. Like yeah. I don't know. I think that there was enough character development in the 94 movie to where I cared about, you know, Robin Shu and, and those, that crew. Here, not so much. I will say, though, the first 10 minutes of this movie are really good. Oh, I'll give you that. I actually really like the opening scene. But if they, it if never that, lived up to it. Right. If it had gone on yeah. with that idea and had lived in that world of, you know, vengeance and feudal Japan and, like, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there might be a movie there I enjoy, but yeah, yeah then it, it very quickly wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so it's it's just hard for me. And so it, I, I get that part of that is is maybe I'm not the intended audience. I just feel like, like I said with World of Warcraft, yeah. if you're actually, because I think there's an idea to do more of these, right? Four more. They sign up for four more Good movies. Good night. Um, I'm down. I, I understand. You know, but, you know, I, I'm, but if I'm you invested want, in the franchise. Right. But if you want this to be... Harry Potter or, you know, some other IP that broadens. I just thought of a very brutal Harry Potter <laughs> rated R with Quidditch yeah, fatalities yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. If you want this yeah. to expand beyond the people who have, are big, huge fans of the video game, I think you have to, and this is going to sound strange because some people are saying it, it started too slow. I think you actually have to slow it down even more. I think you have to bring us into the world with just two or three, maybe four characters. And I know I know they left out uh, somebody, uh, there was a poster at the end that apparently is a big player. Johnny Cage. Johnny yeah. Cage or whatever. And so yeah. they did leave out some people, but I just, I really think if you want to world build and create a cinematic universe, you make the Iron Man movie first, mm-hmm. you make a Thor movie after that, you make, and then you bring people together. I'm just like, I said the same thing about World of Warcraft. I felt like there was just too much too quickly, and I, I couldn't get my feet underneath me this is what i thought and this is all hindsight 2020 yeah but this is what i think they should have done it's hindsight 2021 now but go ahead (laughs) well done (laughs) i like it uh they should have had uh an hbo max series an hbo max series for the shaolin monks which would have been kung lao and and lu kang Mm -hmm. they should have had an hbo max series for the shira ryu and the linkway which is the Mm sub-zero Scorpion sure. feudal. Yeah. And just and then have another one for Sonya Blade, Jackson Kano. Yes. And then mm-hmm. you can have an outworld one with uh, Shao Kahn. Oh, here's one I want to talk about. Shao Kahn is supposed to be the big bad boss of this entire uh you know tournament. He's like right below Shao Kahn and all of them. Why is he second he's not technically tier wise in this movie, 
but he is so secondary to Sub-Zero in this movie. Like, whenever they're both on screen together, I get a more menacing and terrifying presence out of Sub-Zero than I do from Shao Kahn. You know, yeah. or, I mean, uh, Shang Tsung, sorry. But uh, it's it's one of those, like, yeah, I mean, it's... That's one of the good things about the first 94 movie. I'll say this just real quick. I like the 94 movie more than this one. I think that it flows better. I think that there's better character development. Um, and again, we should clarify, Andrew is one of the few who who likes the 94 I do movie, really like Like, really likes it. So, yeah. I don't really want to... Hey, you, there's a lot of people who like the 94. I said one of the few, percentage-wise. Do I need there to are, look up the Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> score? Like, <laughs> there are tens of us. <laughs> Literally dozens. The never new, We're the never-nudes of the... Of the movie world. Yeah, of the yeah. movie world. But... Um, no, I do like the 94 one more. I think it has better character development. I think that the the villains, uh, they know which characters to highlight and which ones to not. I mean, yeah, you have Scorpion and Sub-Zero in that old 94 one, but really Shang Tsung is the one that's pulling all the strings, and Goro is built up to be this, you know terrifying mini boss you know mm-hmm. and also i'll say this the 94 movie has an amazing soundtrack it is so good <laughs> mortal Kombat. i mean that that was the theme song for roller skating rinks throughout the 90s mm-hmm. and it was beautiful and i loved it and thank you 90s for being what you were but <laughs> uh also uh Steve McQuoid, I I know I'm butchering his name. He's the director of this. Okay. He promised that the fight scenes in this movie were going to be the greatest fight scenes you have ever seen. I was lied to. Yeah, they're not that they're not there's a lot of cutting that happens and it's yeah. and it cuts it's not just that there's a ton of cuts. It just it cuts when things start getting interesting. Like it's yeah. just like I was I, I was I was not impressed with the fighting in this. There was one fight scene though and it, this isn't giving anything away where Sub-Zero cuts somebody, freezes their blood into a knife, and stabs them with their own blood, Mm -hmm. and then throws them into a spiky ice wall. I mean, that was cool. What what more do you want? Yeah, that was cool. But a lot of the fight scenes were dark, and you couldn't see what was going on. Yeah. It's there's some uh, some good comments I'm I'm going to read. First of all, uh, people are uh, giving us uh, problems because it's actually technically 1995, ni- 1994 for the uh, original Mortal Kombat. I got to see it early. <laughs> I really did get to see it early. Uh, I will say that. And producer Phil uh, says 44 percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the original. That's not too bad. That's you know that's uh, almost respectable. Um, and somebody else says, I'm one of the few incompletely, uh, agree with Andrew. The first nineties movie is way better than this. Uh, the cast actually flow well together. Unlike this one. Um, so yeah, Yeah. so you've got a little backup there. Um, I know I'm right. (laughs) I, uh, there's plenty else that I could talk about in this movie and I don't even know that it's necessarily spoilers, but I, I will just put it this way. This movie does a lot of things that on surface are like cool things to do but the second you start thinking about them like it you have no idea how anything in this movie happens we had a mo- like, oh terminator dark fate whenever that came out well, you and i were like hey this is a great movie don't think about it <laughs> yeah don't think about yeah, it there's you can't think like there is a uh, there is a main plot point 
about one of the characters in the very first scene sets up and then is paid off later. Yeah. That the movie doesn't even wink at how that's happened. Like, I mean, it's just like you're just supposed to figure it out. Now, there is a reason. There is an explanation because I, I looked it up because I was so confused. But the movie doesn't make that explanation no. clear at all. No, and, it was only people who had pre-knowledge of the games. We knew how that storyline was going to play out. Right. Which a, lo- a lot of people like you guys, you may not know, there is an actual story in Mortal Kombat. A lot of people think it's just fighting games, you know, with different mm-hmm. 80 different characters. There is an actual story arc to Mortal Kombat, which is really interesting. And I think that they were trying to pay off a lot of that story yeah. in, what is this movie, like an hour 40, something like that? I don't remember. Yeah. But, yeah. but you can't pull off 11 games worth of story in one movie. Yeah. You know, you have to pace yourself. It, yeah, it's... um. It kind of reminds me of the part where you say, yeah, don't think about it. This is cool. It's cool how they did this. I remember having the same feelings about the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, Airbender. Airbender, which is like the visualizations of the the way the bending worked with the different elements were kind of cool. And some of the stuff they did with it was kind of cool. But everything else about the movie was so empty and so shallow that mm. you know I couldn't find my way in. Um I'm not a fan of this IP like I am of the Airbender IP. Um, you love Avatar. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's different in that way, but just some of those same kind of emptiness aside from, oh, we wanted to do this cool thing where, you know, we visualize the fatalities, you know, on the screen. Yeah. Um, or, you know, do interesting things with their powers. Um and plus, we're getting a lot of that right now. There's so much superhero stuff right now, even adult-based R-rated kind of superhero stuff right now, that like we're already getting a lot of, cool, can you believe they did that with their powers? Or, you know, what's it like for somebody, a, a speedster, to run through a human being, you know, the boys or whatever. <laughs> like, we're, we're getting a lot of that stuff, and this movie just didn't have enough aside from that for me to, you know, lock on anywhere. So, Yeah. Uh, Schweitzer, any, uh, any more thoughts? Um, I, I had similar feelings, uh, about the first X-Men that you did to this movie about not really knowing any of the characters. And so just kind of diving in head first really left, uh, left me kind of out in the dust. I think this movie, this movie particular is perfect, um, for people of my interest level, uh, because it doesn't go super lore heavy. Uh, and so I don't feel lost and confused. Uh, but also I, um, I, I know enough of these characters that I um, can can recognize and see Scorpion and Sub Zero and Raiden and um, all these all these characters um, that I've played before, but casually. Um, and to see them do some interesting fatalities um, are are pretty great. I think that the the training section of this movie is just way too much a percentage of the runtime. Um, yeah. the tournament needs to be longer. Um, and there, also, there is like, no tournament. Yeah, <laughs> actually, well, I'll say they try to set it up. Yeah, there's an arcana element to it that is that's all made up. None of that is in the games. Um, so the yeah. arcana stuff is all new. Yeah, that was all. And actually, uh, Cole Young, who is our main protagonist, he's a made up character. He's not even a Mortal Kombat character. Interesting. They made up him up for the movie because he's supposed to be our, you know entry into this universe similar to resident evil making up the alice character you know in that way yeah <laughs> i mean it's like the um 
uh, it's the character from Inception. Um, the Boom. gosh, what's the actress's name? God, I. So I'm just gonna if, quit. See you guys. Uh, Cole. So Cole Young. Yeah. You bring him up, and this this will be my final word, and then we'll kind of move on. Um, and Andrew, you can have uh, if you have anything else you want to say. You no post credit scene. Uh, the Cole Young character is supposed to be our protagonist, right? Do we all agree that's who we're supposed to lock into in this movie? Yeah. yeah. So my question becomes, what are we supposed to be rooting for with that character? Are we just supposed to be rooting for him to... Survive? Survive, right. Survive or take on a legacy or... Like, the movie kind of hints at those kind of things, but... yeah. Like, I just... I never felt like, oh, man, Cole and his family are in trouble. Like, it's just like... no. There was yeah. there it just there there wasn't a lot of story work for me to sink my teeth into when the fan service stuff wasn't appealing to me yeah. uh, in that way. So yeah, yeah uh, I I really don't know what to say because it's all just so <laughs> yeah. Cole isn't. I know why they were trying to do it. I they're like, hey, we don't really have a character that feels like you know somebody being thrown into this world or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the '95 movie. Uh, you had Liu Kang, at, but he's, you know, because he is the character that won the first two Mortal Kombats, he's an easy pick to have as your main protagonist. But here, I I think they were trying to go with a, we need an outside looking in, you know, to this world. Mm-hmm. And we can use Cole as our, you know, you know, POV into this world. So as he is discovering everything, we're discovering everything. Yeah. But... When you focus so much on one character and you have so many other characters in the movie that just show up, mm-hmm. that it's it's not really that's not how you develop characters. Agree. Um, well, let's uh, let's move on. I think we've said our piece about uh, Mortal Kombat. If you are a fan of the games and into the lore and all that kind of stuff, there might be enough here for you to enjoy. If not, I believe you'll have a difficulty finding your way in. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that about sums it up. Uh, yep. Let's go ahead and move on to Stowaway. Hi, Glenn Zoe. I'm a doctor. I want you to focus on slowing down your breathing. Into your nose, out through your mouth. Hi, Michael. I'm Marina Bunnett, the commander of the ship. Do you remember what happened on the pad? I'm a launch support engineer, ma'am. How long was I out? We took off about 12 hours ago. 12 hours? I'm going to get back to my no. sister, please. My sister, she's alone, please. i got to get back. We're not going back. What do you mean we're not going back? This is a two-year mission. Two years is a long time to be away, but this is the opportunity of a lifetime. I can learn fast. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. A three-person crew on a mission to Mars faces an impossible choice when an unplanned passenger jeopardizes the lives of everyone on board. Um... That might feel like a spoiler, except for the name of the movie is Stowaway. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> uh, this is a Netflix uh, film, so if you're looking to check out Stowaway, that's where it's at. It is one of those really small cast movies. You just got Anna Kendrick, uh, Tina Collette, Shamir Anderson, and Tony. Dan- uh, sorry, <laughs> Tina. Tony Collette, uh, Shamir Anderson, and Daniel Day Kim. Um, Shamir Anderson is the only one I'm a little weak on my familiarity with the others obviously we've seen in a bunch of awesome stuff yeah um and and i know i'm familiar with him i just can't place it uh at this moment anna kendrick is one of my favorites always love uh seeing her on screen daniel day kim been a fan since lost um oh yeah uh tony collette is incredible 
Um, I had no a, idea she was Australian. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I had no idea she was Australian. Yeah. Uh, so great cast. I'm always down for a space movie. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Schweitzer, you're going to kick us off this time. Uh, I'm on the low side of this is okay. Low side of just okay? Yeah. Almost like bordering into disliked it, huh? It, yeah, bordering. Okay. Okay. Andrew? Same. Man, you guys are just like on point today. Uh, good. I get to be the cheerleader for this one. I didn't love it. Um, but I did like this. Uh, if I had to say high side or low side, I would just like just tiptoe a little bit towards the low side of liked it. Um, but uh, but I really did like this movie. Um, and again, I've already kind of stated what this movie had going for it in my biases. Like these actors, love yeah. space stuff. Uh, I also really dig um you know bottle episode type movies where it's just like all in one location and like with the same people trying to figure something out um i like <laughs> i like competency uh movies where it's people smart people trying to do smart things um and i enjoy that quite a bit uh so i have all these biases that made me uh like this uh maybe more than you guys did um, I think it fumbles a lot, though. I think this movie does fumble quite a few things that it had going for it, uh, and therefore that you know that's why it's not in the loved it category for me. But um, but overall, I still I still had a good time hanging out with these people and and uh, going on this ride. Um, Schweitzer, what are some of your general thoughts? Yeah, uh, we'll keep it positive. Uh, I think this movie does intensity really well. Um, I I felt myself uh, or caught myself biting uh, biting my nails a lot. That's one of my go tos. Um, or you know, holding onto a clenched fist, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I think the director did a great job with uh, with trying to convey um, an anything can happen kind of vibe. Um, I, it just wasn't enough for me to to really say I liked this movie. Uh, a feeling or a mood is not enough for me to say I liked a movie because if you're saying, "Hey, I want a tense space movie," I'm going to be like, "Well, go see Gravity." Then uh, I'm right. not going to recommend Stowaway, but. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like you, Aaron, though. I also like movies that deal with more complexion. Um, mm -hmm. I just wish it had gotten to it sooner and spent more time uh, kind of wrestling with the questions as opposed to yes. a very quick solution. Yes. Uh, that, is, that is my main complaint with this movie is that I love what would you do type movies. Yeah. Biggest example. Always say it when we talk about these kind of movies. Gone, baby, gone. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love those kind of movies. This could have been that kind of movie if it had taken the time to really give us a chance to wrestle. And it just, it doesn't give us a chance to wrestle with the uh, moral complexities of the decisions that are, that are being made uh, very much. Um, and how would you, I was how would get, you feel if this was an interactive movie? Uh, no. <laughs> would have been too stressful. Not interested. <laughs> okay. I uh, think I'm more interested in that. Yeah. I know what you're saying with a limited cast like this, it lends itself to a, uh, choose your own adventure type of a movie. I, I think though this this is the kind of movie I exactly don't want to be choose your own adventure because I want the characters to make decisions and I want to wrestle how my decision would compare with them. I don't want to tell them how to make those decisions because then it's just m me writing the movie. I want to see what the characters are going to do and how that compares mm, to yeah. my own uh, own thoughts. So that's just me. Yeah. Andrew, what are some of your uh, general thoughts? Uh, I got a preface in case you guys don't know. I do not have any type of degree in aerospace engineering, okay? <laughs> I need enough. to get that out of the way. Thank you. But there are elements of this movie, and this is really what took me out of the movie, because it was one of those, you know, uh, tumble, tumbling, just building mm -hmm. up the uh, 
the fail-safes for the technology in this movie, how one small thing can fail and it jeopardizes everything. I mean, I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of backups for backups for backups when it comes to you think on a on a month long mission to Mars they might have backups for certain life sustaining devices yeah <laughs> I don't know uh, no I I had the exact same thought um, but it kept that's what kept me out of the movie because every yeah. single time like a a moral conundrum and I don't know actually I should say this I don't know if they ever specifically said that this mission was. NASA or any other ISS they did. program? They, uh, I think it was an independent... Um, Hyperion. Hyperion. Hyperion yeah. is what they said. I didn't yeah. know if that was just the name of the ship. No, I think it would be like um, whatever... What's Elon Musk call SpaceX. his? SpaceX. SpaceX. Yeah, yeah, it would okay. be like that kind of thing, I think. Because they have patches that say H-A-R-P on them. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so it is private sector then. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that... I don't know. I'm not going to say that gives it leniency, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure the government regulations, you know, for sending somebody into space you know, would have more, you know, mm. scrutiny over... You would you know, hope so. Yeah, yeah, you would hope so. So, Elon, this is your wake-up call. Make sure you have backups for all of your well, they life do, support systems. They do also, in this movie, I think try to make that more realistic by winking at this idea of they have messed around with the ship so much. Like they've said, to, in order for this to be a three-person mission, they had to scrap all this stuff, get rid of all this stuff, yeah. the weight had to be... So they do like try to put it in the script as to why there might not be fail-safes. Um, but you're right. It doesn't... like That's yeah. not something you strip out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Yeah, I think yeah. they said they stripped out uh, an extra level or yeah. layer of protection between you know, space and mm-hmm. the people inside. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's what you took out? <laughs> you didn't tell them, hey, you can't bring any personal effects? You know? Le- leave your Yale mugs at yeah, home? Yeah, leave your Yale mugs. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's stuff yeah. like that, that that for some reason, I don't know why, I'm sure that if I would have just pushed all of those thoughts aside and I would have just focused on the actual narrative that was in front of me, I could have appreciated the dire situations that they were in. Yeah. My other big negative with this movie was that there's no third act. Yeah. This movie just ends. It it, it, it attempts a third act, but it doesn't feel like uh like it doesn't feel like the resolution the movie wants to have. Yeah. Yeah. It feels yeah. like the ending of a pilot episode of a show in which you know that there's more content to come <sighs> where I understand. I understand. I disagree a little bit, but I understand. I this is definitely the Zoe Levinson story. Like this is, you know, this movie is about her. Um, you I know, do not get that at all. Well, I mean, it starts with her narration, right? Like, doesn't it start with her talking about what this means to her? That her life has a chance to mean something, yeah. and then the movie ends with her attempting to make her life mean something. No, I um, think this is definitely the Michael movie, which is the stowaway. No. I mean, um, I'm with mean, Aaron. It's Nate, the movie's at, based on him. It's called Snow. No, but it, <laughs> he's, he's the plot catalyst. But yeah, this he's is, the catalyst. This is always yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and perhaps you're right about misnaming the movie because you, you are right that a thing can happen when you name something and then it's like, oh, well, that's the, you know, that's who we're supposed to be paying attention to. But, um, but no, I think this is a complete film, but I can, I can, I can, I certainly can understand what you're saying. Um, but I think if you watch this again or or when you watch this for the first time, if you're listening to this, 
Um, if you pay attention to the structure of the Zoe character, uh, I think it'll make more sense. Um, mm. Yeah. So that's my thought. Yeah. Or or Jin. <laughs> you know what's what's Jin up to? No, I yeah. I actually I think out of all the performances in this movie, I think Daniel Day Kim was my favorite performance. In this it's movie. a really nuanced performance. I liked it. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he is set up from the beginning to kind of have a different feel to that character. I did let me talk about this because this is another reason I like this movie. I really like these people together, not just as individual actors. I think uh, you know, we mentioned the Yell mugs. I think that scene is really great character development. Oh, yeah. It's um, so subtle, but it says so much. I think some of this, the uh, conversations the Tony Collette character has on the phone yeah. with Hyperion, um, I think she's incredible in those, and I think you learn a lot about her. Um, yeah, I, I really, really like the character development that this that this movie is doing, and it allowed me to forgive some of the very obvious, you know, um, would it really be like this kind of stuff, you yeah. know? So I was able to set that aside because I was having so much fun's the wrong word, but I was invested enough in the characters, the relationship in the story to go, yeah, you probably would have had backups or, you know, um, why, how would this technology actually work? Like I stopped thinking about that stuff. Um, and just kind of accepted it because I wanted to kind of feel the story. So, but yeah. at the well, go ahead. Sorry, I, I guess I could be the odd man out. Then uh, I completely disagree. I thought these characters were shallow, and I, I think I liked some of their interactions together. Uh, but ultimately, no part of this movie made me want to root for them. Oh, um, interesting. To, to survive and so that was my biggest problem with the movie is i'm like the movie could end with all four of them dying and i'm cool with it wow um, man I, I didn't feel that way at all i felt that way during mortal kombat why you wanna be but, so <laughs> i mean mortal kombat too yeah i, I just i, I don't know this I, is actually I, the mortal kombat to, sequel <laughs> yeah. i hate to keep comparing this to other space movies but like with with the martian like we love those characters and like we really want mark watney to to be able to to persevere and to survive and all that and I, I, I don't, especially the Tony Collette character was giving very little to do um, outside of the, the Hyperion calls. Um, I, I, I didn't feel anything. I didn't really know that I cared if any of these characters lived or died. Yeah. Tell me this. At the end of this movie, which character do you know the most about? Uh, it's uh, Michael. It's Michael. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's that's right. why I think he's our, our main, not just the main driving force in this movie. But I think he's the main character of this movie. Yes, we meet him last, but still, he's the character who you have the most invested in want and want to survive because you learn about the fire, you learn about his sister, you learn about all of these things that, but in all of his dreams and hopes, you know. But all of that is presented to inform the transformation of Zoe. All of that is presented. She is the one who. Uh, you know, not to get too spoilery, but has a, a moment of um, convincing of the others. Uh, she is the one who, you know, if if none of that is known, then you know, again, it's all catalyst stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's fine. I told what I'm saying is, I totally get how you come to that conclusion, and that is a fault of the movie in some ways if it allows parts of the audience to be distracted from what it's truly trying to present. Like I, I, I get that, but I don't think on a, um, on a, uh, you know, like a uh, surgical level, I think you can take it apart and pretty clearly show the intention of the script was for the, the Zoe character to be the protagonist who has a change. That's what they always say. Stories are right. A protagonist goes through a change, makes a decision that leads to a resolution. 
And that is the character in this movie, you know, that does that. Yeah. Well, with a minimalistic cast like this, there's only four people. You know, it, <laughs> it can true. get kind of dicey on who's yeah. the main protagonist. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Three of them are trying to make deci- a, a decision. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And maybe that's why I have Michael on the outside, and I just laser it in on him because maybe this is a better way to put it. How Michael is a singular character. Whenever mm-hmm. I was watching this movie, but Zoe, uh, Daniel, and uh, Tony Collette. Uh, I should I should just say Anna. Uh, Anna Anna Tony and Daniel are all together and trying to make a collective decision. Mm-hmm. While Michael is a singular entity in this movie. Yeah, again, I just tell you if you watch it again, pay attention to how the movie starts and how the movie ends <laughs> and where all of the uh, the motion of the movie um, you know comes from as far as the decision making. Yeah, ultimately, she does but, have that really powerful. Uh, lifeguard story too mm-hmm. that I actually yeah. I really liked yeah. I really liked that moment uh, there you go that's Stowaway unless uh, you guys have anything else to say uh, no it, is, it is on Netflix and um, recommend for me probably not for the other guys but if you've already yeah. got Netflix and you like space movies you know I mean it also might be that I watched it you know in on a big screen with a, a lot of sound and how are the visuals like on a big i watched it, it on great. my phone so it was great um i loved it um yeah christopher nolan I, would be very upset to hear you watch I, the movie on your phone he really would he really would i'm gonna get a call later i still think i'm recommending it um, okay, cool. to a certain audience if if this is something that might interest you um you, you could certainly spend two worse hours yeah, <laughs> that is true. Even of Mortal Kombat, uh, there there are certainly two worse hours you could have in your life than watching a movie. Yeah, uh, with, almost any movie. With any with both of these movies, uh, you would have to know who you're recommending to. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the best ever challenge. Before we do, just a reminder that uh, this podcast and the associated website are brought to you by the members of Sif Pop, the Sif Pop members at Patreon dot com slash sift pop there are some uh fun little thank yous that we send your way including bonus podcasts uh on a weekly basis we did uh schweitzer's list of shame uh this week where mm-hmm. he uh he tried to trick us uh into uh picking which movie he had actually seen and which ones were on his list of shame if you want to hear that or any of the other bonus podcasts or any of the other stuff that goes on uh sift pop go check out the different levels and what goes to which level at patreon.com slash siftpop. And thank you to the existing Siftpop members. One other thing, um, you get your own private podcast feed uh, as at a certain level of Siftpop membership that also comes without commercials. So mm-hmm. if you've been hearing some commercials pop up in Siftpop, that's another way we're uh, able to continue doing this. Um, but if you are a member, you don't uh, have to listen to those. So there you go. You can check all that out at patreon.com slash sift pop Ah. the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to carvana it doesn't get any better than this your favorite seat's the best spot in the house make it even better by entering your license plate or vin and getting a real offer in minutes there really is no place like home and speaking of home carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. We are going to do best ever tournament movies, um, which if you follow SifPop.com was the best ever challenge for 
uh, last week. So you may have seen some of these already on the site. Uh, but we're going to go number five to number one. Again, if you have something ranked higher, you are more than welcome to trumpet. Trump! And uh, we'll wait to talk about it until whoever has it at the highest in their list. Um, number five, kick it off with the guest. Schweitzer, what's in at your number five? This is where I have Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Trump! <laughs> yep. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? Uh, I'm actually going to go. My number five is actually my number one documentary. Oh. It's my favorite documentary ever. It's called Undefeated. Uh, came out in 2011. It was the Oscar winner for best documentary that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, inner city Memphis football team and the struggles that a volunteer coach has to try and keep these kids in line and try to keep them out of trouble. Yeah. This m- is like one of the biggest tearjerker documentaries ever. This movie makes me cry so much every single time I watch it. I think the movie starts out, the movie, the documentary starts out with him like sitting down with all his players. He's like, all right, uh, left line defenseman shot out for the year. Uh, quarterback uh, shot out for the year. Uh, he's like a running, uh, the tail end is like a, fought uh out for a semester suspended he's like that would probably be probably be you know a coach's career's worth of crap and that's a tuesday for me and it's that's how the movie starts yeah and you're like oh man this is gonna be rough but the the amount of i think his name was uh billy williams i think was his name was the name of the coach the the name the amount of care and love he shows to these kids and how much he wants them, you know, to succeed and, you know, and to be good, you know, strong, caring men mm-hmm. is so just emotional and like you invest and you want to care and you care just as much as he did for these kids. You're like, oh, I really hope that, you know, they can, you know, pull it together and stop getting in trouble and stuff like that. It is a very powerful documentary. Nice. Uh, I'm glad you brought it to my attention. I, uh, I'm just realizing I missed an obvious pick here that probably would have been in my top five. I didn't even think about documentaries, but, uh, King of Kong, um, would have, would have definitely been on my list. Um, and I just hadn't thought of it. I just didn't think of it. Is this a first ever documentary on a BEC? Oh no. Uh, no. Aaron's thrown him in. It's my first ever documentary. I think I've thrown King of Kong in before, um, on a BEC. So, um, I just didn't think about it in this, uh. This particular uh, category, even though it would fit. Yep. Aaron, yeah, no number time. five. My number five is Rush. Um, That's a good movie. I really, really enjoy this movie. Um, Daniel Brühl, of course, is getting a lot of you know presence as Zemo. Yeah. Uh, recently uh, in a Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, you got Zemo and Thor in the same movie. That's that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and uh, and it's good. It's really really good. This is a Ron Howard movie, right? Yeah. And uh, yep. that that guy knows how to make good movies. He doesn't always make good movies, but when he does, they're they're really really good. Speaking of space movies, he's made probably the best space movie. Apollo thirteen. Uh, in in my opinion, yeah. uh, Apollo thirteen. So, so yeah, Rush is really good. Um, the the battle back and forth between these two, the distinction of these two characters, yeah. so well drawn. Um, yeah. really really good stuff. It's Nikki Lauda, and I forget. I forget Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, it's character. a true story based yeah. on a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. I had no expectations going into this movie, mm-hmm. and when I left the theater, I was like, wow, I care about Formula One now. <laughs> right, it was crazy. Me too. I had the same experience. Yeah. yeah. yeah All definitely. right. Uh, not that Aaron. Number yeah. four. Number four. Uh, well, keep it with racing. I go Ford v Ferrari. 
Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think this is a pretty excellent movie. Uh, I, I, performances are, are terrific um, from both Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Uh, James Mangold just uh, showing off his director skills here. Uh, mm-hmm. This is uh, uh, just a, a, such a fun Gosh, it's really, really great movie. It really is. No, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a good watch. It's just one of those movies that you could just watch over and over and over again. It's just great performances and a lot of, a lot of amazing scenes and you know a lot of great moments in this movie. So yeah, I'm totally with you. Yep. It's definitely in my honorable mentions. Yep. Andrew, what do you got at number four? This is where I have Miracle. Hey, me too. Yeah. Oh. I Did watch- you say Trump Schweitzer? I said bump, but yeah, oh. we'll Trump. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll wait. We'll wait then till it's uh, your uh, turn, so we can go with your number three. Oh, that's Miracle. So. Oh, well, hey, hey! We did it, guys. What a, what a good movie. <laughs> yeah. This Andrew, is why don't you start since you had it? Uh, I'll just say this. I've seen this movie recently. I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. Yeah. It's it's one that you can go back to that is a, it's a tense, feel-good movie. It makes you yeah. feel somehow patriotic I mean, not somehow like i don't know how this movie made me feel patriotic it's crazy so weird yeah. it's so weird it's so i, I weird. was feeling like feelings yeah. about my country i don't understand yeah but this is one of those uh movies where the you know the hard work you know gets mm-hmm. it gets you know it, it wins and it's you care about the players and russell uh, uh kurt russell is giving this crazy good performance where he is just killing it as his coach and yeah this is one of my favorite sports movies ever it's one of the best it's so good it really is so good it's it's such a great sports moment and then to have the yeah the the movie capture that and give a little more insight behind it it's just it's it's really nice when a when a movie can do that and um man it's just it's good stuff yeah aaron yeah, I'm uh, totally biased here because hockey is the only sport I actually care about. Uh, uh. They they really get the hockey playing right in here. Um, they they understand what this meant to uh, both the, to the nation, to the sport of hockey, and to the Olympics this year. Uh, is such a powerful moment in history, and uh, everything about it is just brilliant. Well, I think there was a a poll that was recently released of the greatest hockey teams of all time, and the Russians were number one. Like on that list, like yeah. they're still considered the greatest hockey team of all time. That I think it was uh, fifty something to like sixty five or something. I, I forget the years, but it was like that stretch of time with that team is considered the greatest hockey team of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would not doubt that. There you go, uh, miracle at number four for Andrew and I, and number three for Schweitzer. That brings us to the number three for you, Andrew. So where I have Warrior. Me too. Hey. 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 <laughs> um, gr- uh, one of the greatest fight movies ever. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It, I don't know. It, it's. I seemed... don't even. I don't even like fight. Like st- Like I don't like uh, hey. MMA. I don't like boxing. I don't even like gladiatorial <clears throat> sports, and yet this movie, I'm like, go, go. No, yeah, that's the thing. It's not even the fighting in this movie, because I'll say this. The actual MMA in this movie is kind of lackluster, Okay. even though a lot of the uh, people that you see uh, Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton fighting are actual UFC fighters, Yeah. and, and then a, a, a weird Kurt Angle uh, appearance as Koba, mm-hmm. but that's not what makes this movie great, and 
it, I, I'm not going to spoil it, what my number one is, but it's also a fighting movie. But that's not what makes these movies great and stands out above all the rest. Yeah. That is the actual character motivation and, you know, what is driving all of these. Like, the the story with Tom Hardy, you know, as the uh, the Marine who, you know, def- uh, like, left. He just defected. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Joel Edgerton story about ha- how he's losing his house. The incredibly, incredibly powerful performance by their father, who was, um, I'm having a brain fart now. Uh, Nick Nolte. What? Nick Nolte. Nick Nick Nolte, Nolte, yeah. yeah. Is one of the best performances ever. It is so heartbreaking to see a father who knows how bad he has messed up and trying so hard to be redeemed. It's, yeah, that's what drives this movie. And that those elements that make you care about these characters... That's what drives the intensity in the fights. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. Uh, you pretty much said it all. Uh, it is it is definitely a one to check out. And if you haven't seen it before, some I don't think we've mentioned um, the cast. And I, well, I think you mentioned Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Um, Tom Hardy. And Tom Hardy. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah. All right. That was my number three as well. So I guess we're to your number two, Schweitzer. Yeah, Warrior just barely missed my list, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Moneyball at number two. Okay. So me too. It, <laughs> it's, it's like think, maybe a Eric's bit of a just stretch. Like, hey, I, yeah. I just, I just didn't do a list. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just me like, <laughs> just, I'm just. I think this is maybe a little bit of a stretch, but I think it's stretch. But I think enough of this movie takes place in the playoffs, sure. and or the I the like playoff race. Yeah, uh, yeah. We didn't veto it on the website, so yeah. Um, it, this is a uh, this is Sorkin's best to me. Oh. Um, and um, I praise. And Sorkin is my favorite screenwriter. Um, and uh, I think uh, Brad Pitt's giving a career best performance here. Um, a Chris Pratt uh, in a small sneaky good role. Uh, lots, lots of great uh, small sneaky good roles. Jonah Hill coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I like movies about baseball. I don't really care to sit down and watch baseball. Uh, and this is a prime example of of why uh, why movies about baseball are excellent. Yeah. Um, this is also Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, oh yeah. In just another role he just completely melts into. Uh, it's just, it's an, always incredible to watch him. I forgot but, yeah. he was in this movie. Yeah. I know that's he's how the good coach, he is. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how good he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was my number two as well. So Andrew, what is your number two? Is it really your number two? Or... It, re- it really is. <laughs> okay. It really is. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, number two, this is where I have Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Well, let's okay. talk about it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. How? How? <laughs> <laughs> I caught you. No, um, this is the most untournament tournament ridiculous movie ever. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, he has to defeat seven evil exes in order to mm-hmm. date Ramona Flowers, and they all become more strong with superpowers and stuff. And it's funny because a lot of the people in like his uh, arch nemesis, his villains that he's fighting play superheroes in other movies mm-hmm. like Chris <laughs> Evans and uh who was the Brie Larson yeah Brie Larson and then who played uh her boyfriend the vegan oh, guy because um, he was Superman uh yeah Bren- Brendan Routh yeah, Br- yeah. Routh. uh it's just that whole list it, it's mm-hmm. it's one of the funny this I so many people hate this movie really because I it's, didn't know that it's so like out of left field and weird that people just don't get what it's trying to do Mm-hmm. But for, I think it's one of the funniest movies of all time. I mean, Edgar Wright, man. Yeah, he's got my number. Definitely. 
Yeah, yeah. it's good yeah. stuff. I just rewatched Baby uh, Driver. He's, he's and got fitting, it. this is uh, Scott Pilgrim's 10th anniversary this week. So. Oh, nice. very nice. nice. I have to throw it on. Yeah. I didn't know and, that. And uh, Michael Sarah has given a career best performance here as well. Now, yeah, Sch- so. Schweitzer, you had this at number five. five. Yeah. Did you have yeah. anything else you wanted to mention about it? Uh, I, I think the comedy is, is just right up my alley. Uh, a, a pretty young Aubrey Plaza in this role as well. And a, Anna Kendrick yeah. again, Anna coming Kendrick. back up. Mm-hmm. Um, lots, lots of great people who would be stars. And it's easy to see um, why they became stars when you watch, yeah. uh, when you go back and watch this movie. And um, the, the quick, the quick editing of Edgar Wright is is one of my favorite things, uh, but especially in this movie, he uses it more for comedic purpose. Yeah, uh, and it it works every time. It ver- it does mm-hmm. lend itself to a very comic book esque type of storytelling. Yeah, and uh, Kieran Culkin is the funniest thing about this movie. Uh, yeah, just missed my list uh, for an honorable mention. Um, all right, we're to our number ones. Mm. Schweitzer, what do you got at number one? <laughs> you ready for one more? Me too, Aaron. Yes. Whiplash. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I oh, we just we just blew uh, we <laughs> just blew um, Andrew's mind. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, guess what? Uh, Whiplash is my number one. <laughs> I mean, it's it's my third favorite movie of all time. So yeah, it kind of has to be. Yeah, yeah. We'll let yeah. you say what you actually had at number one here in a second. But uh, uh, yeah, I'd, I just don't. I never would have considered it because I. But you're 100 percent right. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a tournament. Ah! Yeah, uh. yeah. Um, as a drummer myself, uh, this it just encapsulates the spirit uh, of what it what it means to be a musician, uh, of what it means to really work hard and dedicate. Uh, and the J.K. Simmons, this is my personal favorite role, uh, maybe of all time. Um, we were talking about this on Robert's podcast about like Oscar nominated performance. I really think mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons knocks it out of the park here. Uh, Miles Teller is good too. Uh, it's just nothing in comparison. Uh, I think I, Miles I, is great in this movie. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, definitely. Owned, I mean, Simmons owns yeah. the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, and uh, kind of we talked about movies that play with morality a little bit. This one does it sort of subtly uh, with uh, with the oh, whole. Oh no, like, this is, is yeah. Is, this is. I the, mean, it's the, not the thing you think about the most. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I I was just thinking today. Uh, by the way, I also like Paul Reiser in this movie. I think he's great. Um, yeah. I was I was even thinking today about whiplash in relation to the moral ambiguity of the Simmons character and to parenting. And I think there's a really interesting Hmm. um, thing that could be done in, you know, like I was thinking about how many humans have accomplished great things because they had horrible parents. Well, they got a movie coming, the the Serena, uh, the Venus. Uh, sure, that's coming out soon. Sure, with, uh, yeah. Will Smith. You, sports, you see this a lot. You know, yeah. you, you see the the Tiger Woods documentary recently, exploring Earl and and kind of and 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 I have said terrible parents, and now we're saying actual people. And I I'm not trying to paint that on any actual person. Yeah, sure. Trying to backpedal now. No, huh? no, I'm not the one that brought up yeah. the Williams sisters or Tiger. I was just having my moment here, thinking about my own self as a parent. And just being like, I, I am, I am not the, I'm not a bad guy parent. Like I am a pushover. I'm like, I, you know, I, I'm an unconditional love parent. I'm just like the, the dad that's always like, I love you no matter what you choose to do, no matter who you are, I love you. And that doesn't mean I, I haven't instituted discipline on occasion as far as grounding or taking away phones or those kind of things, but I am more apt to be lenient than I am to be strict. And I just wonder, okay. So are my kids, you know, just not going to do anything good in their life because they haven't been pushed in that way? So I, I just think there's a really interesting moral conundrum that comes with excellence 
versus, um, you know, uh, versus how you treat people. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, I don't, it's just, it's a really interesting moral conundrum in this movie about where does excellence come from? Um, certainly there are stories of excellence that come from ease, but it's not usual. It is very, very unusual. Most stories of excellence come from difficulty. Yeah. And, uh, and man, this, this moral, uh, this thing, uh, whew, this thing, this thing makes you think about that stuff. Yeah. So, and I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure where I land. I think it's, it's very complex. I, I know who I feel like I'm supposed to be, but I, you know, I, I know that has negative and positive consequences. And I think that's true for, you know, for anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. With this movie though, uh, I think that J.K. Simmons is, I don't want to say aided, but he benefits slightly from that separation of it not being, you know, a family member or something because he doesn't treat anybody in this movie like his students like they're people right he treats them like they are potential tools that he will mold into right well we've seen this conversation with bobby knight you know like as a basketball coach that guy was so crazy and over and over again we see this conversation about what does it take to bring excellence and is that okay and I, i just it's such a beautiful moral conundrum and this movie plays with it so well and And throw in that chair yeah yeah, which is yeah, what they do in Whiplash too. I know <laughs> he's very much a, he's very much a Bobby. He's Knight. the jazz version of Bobby Knight in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, um, or, uh, and uh, and probably the most perfect movie of ending ending of all time. It's so great. Yeah, it's such a great ending. Yeah, it really he's, is. Yeah, he's Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah. uh, Andrew, what is the number one you had before you realized Whiplash would count? Rocky. Ah, nice. Rocky. Nice. Yeah. Um. Again, it's an underdog story coming mm-hmm. from like greatness doesn't come from ease, you know. Mm-hmm. Had a really rough upbringing. The it is the epitome of an underdog story, and I love it because a it's a great story, but a I love boxing movies, and uh, neither him nor Apollo Creed know how to block. <laughs> <laughs> they were laying. <clears throat> okay, you know the ESPN thirty for thirties, right? Yes. There mm-hmm. was a hilarious college humor bit. Where they treated Rocky for when he fought uh, Ivan Drago as a thirty, as a 30 for thirty. For 30? Yeah, that's it a was good, like a, a Rock, Rocky ends the Cold War. Nice, <laughs> and <laughs> it was so good. It was so good, but it uh, it uh, this movie is surprising because it spends ninety percent of the time is not in the boxing ring. Yeah, ninety percent of this movie is just trying to build up who is Rocky Balboa. And you have the beautiful scenes with him and Mickey. It's, and, you know, with Adrian. It's a great movie. It's, and I can't believe, you know, Sylvester Stallone wrote it. And that he used his porn name as his boxing name. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't have considered this a tournament movie. I I looked up. Is he in a tournament? I looked up, it says... For tournament, the definition I pulled it up. Oh no! <laughs> no, we're we're going to Merriam-Webster. Yeah, a contest between a number of competitors who keep, compete for an overall prize. So you're considering like the boxing, mm. uh, like league. Yeah, itself is a tournament, even though it's not played tournament style. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll buy all that. right. If and if we have to veto, you've got Whiplash to put in its place. So. Exactly. <laughs> so and that's what I good. said. Like, uh, just move everything down, or I'll just take Rocky out. There you go. Yeah. 
Uh, before we get into our honorable mentions, some from the comments. Uh, Curious Low. Hey, Curious Low. Hey. We talked about you earlier. Congrats. Um, says, my number one would 100% be A Knight's Tale. Uh, some Heath Ledger action. Now, it's my all-time fave movie, so I'm a bit biased, but it's literally an underdog sports story with jousting. Yep. Uh, that is true. Uh, Jay Bourgeois says, Ip Man, in talking about how the fight scenes mm. in Mortal Kombat are cut to death, Ip Man, in the tournament with the black belts, shows you how it's done. Um, so, yeah, the scene, good one there as well. The scene where uh, Ip Man fights the ten black belts at the same time might be one of the greatest fight scenes of any, of any movie ever. Yeah, those are good choices. Yeah. Um, did you guys have any else, uh, any other ones you wanted to mention? I I would have felt bad throwing the first Mortal Kombat in with the actual list, so I'll just <laughs> sure. put, uh, but <laughs> sure. I do want to shout it out. Uh, sure. Uh, we can also shout out the, uh, the other ones from the website. Uh, Aaron, did you have any others that weren't in the website uh, selection? Uh, uh, I mean, I have a couple that are honorable mentions um from the website blood uh, sport. I don't think we got a shout out blood sport i love blood sport okay fair <laughs> enough you got a shout out <laughs> what did you um, want to mention here? I, go ahead i think the only two that weren't written about in some capacity on the website would be i think bill and ted's bogus journey is a fine movie um so at least worth a mention uh and uh silver linings playbook okay uh i would also mention school of rock uh, mm -hmm. I have to mention Karate Kid. I mean, when you think about tournament movies, um, Karate Kid has to be one of the first you think about. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Bodied recently. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great tournament movie. Uh, Hunger Games. Uh, Real Steel, I think, deserves yeah. a mention. I don't like that movie. Um, well, you're I, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are outvoted at yeah. this moment. Uh, Ready Player One. Uh, I think is an interesting mm -hmm. addition to this list. And then, of course, we can go back to hockey with oh, uh, man. D2. Uh, Mighty Ducks 2. The Mighty Ducks 2, which should have been, of course, named I, Duck, Duck, Deuce. There's a movie that I totally should have had on my list. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Well, there you go. See? Mm. I love Dodgeball. There you go. And I'm looking. Not seeing much. Uh, producer Phil Oh, said, Happy Gilmore. Um. PGA I mean, tournament. I mean, again, yeah. yes, I think, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, Phil says Gladiator. He does fight in some tournaments. Um, yeah. I think that could work. That could work. Jay Bourgeois says <laughs> Sister Act 2. Uh, Got to count Sister Act 2 in there. All right, we're done taking comments from the peanut gallery now if we're going with Sister Act 2. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to the buried treasure for this week. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that we want to make sure people know about? We end with the guest on this one, so... Uh, Andrew, why don't you start us this time? I forgot. To do buried treasure? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I forgot what it was. Like, oh, I normally okay. have them written down, but I'm going through like my well, we'll, sent emails right now. We'll, like, put, we'll put the picture up on the screen, and then, uh, yeah. then you can remember what you put for your buried treasure. And Andrew's buried treasure is... Independence Day, everybody. <laughs> I just re re recently rewatched Independence Day. Yeah. I don't know why. It just popped up on my recommended, and I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen Independence Day in It's forever. so good. It's so fun. I yeah. was actually really surprised because i forgot how well this movie played with suspense mm -hmm. and how it took its time it's a two and a half hour long movie yeah but Ooh. it's 40 minutes before you see the ship you know come mm -hmm. out of the clouds and then it's like another 30 minutes before you see the uh whenever will smith says welcome to earth and he punches the mm -hmm. alien you know and then it's another 40 minutes after that when you see them out of their mm -hmm. exoskeleton thing yeah this movie plays so well with suspense. Yeah. And the special effects to this day are crazy good. Yeah. The the miniatures that they use to blow up LA and New York and all of those, it's it's crazy. 
It's yeah. so good. It's one of the best uh, uh, contact, like alien contact movies ever. I totally agree. I love Independence Day. Um, Will Smith, it is hard to overstate how incredible that man's charisma is on the movie screen, yeah. especially you know in the mid-90s. Like It's just insane how good he was and and is continues to be i love will smith every time he's on screen i enjoy it i you know mm -hmm. i like gemini man you know that should tell you something um it's, so, a, it's a fun movie uh i'll say that Indep independence day is great i'm glad you brought it up yeah. uh and got a chance to watch it again uh it is it is wonderful uh my buried treasure is exactly the kind of reality trash tv that i love and <laughs> that is people know me well enough that many many people suggested i watch this show um i started watching the circle on netflix that is so crazy did you start watching it this week too i was talking about <laughs> it with my friends i i i saw some friends last night that i hadn't uh -huh. seen for like six years yeah and we were just sitting there talking and like Oh, by the way, there's a show on Netflix you might like. It's called The Circle. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, I might check it out. And they told me what it was about, and it's it's crazy. Yeah. So, so it, people, primarily, what I heard from people is, I know you love Big Brother. I know you like reality vote out shows. This is a new concept of reality vote out show that I think you'll like, and they're absolutely correct. And what makes this different uh, for me is the idea that nobody sees anybody else in this show. So there's there's a blindness a to catfishiness. Yeah, yeah, and and some people are catfishing, in other words, being somebody that they're not. Yeah, because nobody ever sees each other except when they're you know voted out or it's mm -hmm. the end or whatever. Um, I started watching this this week. I have watched the entirety of the first season and have just started my way into the second season. I'm. I'm completely hooked. Uh, I love the way this is produced. I love the host. I should look up her name. She is so great and funny. And um, I, I enjoyed her narration during the season. But when she hosted like the reunion type show at the end where they announced the winners. Michelle Bateau. She, yes, Michelle Bateau. She is so good. And it just reminded me that when you're looking for a host for something like this, um, and I would even say this to the Oscars, although it'll never be this way, you don't have to find somebody who's famous and well-known. You just have to find somebody who's really good at what they do, who's compelling and charismatic, and people don't have to have heard of them if they enjoy spending time with them. And um, yeah, I was just really impressed with her. I think the show is very well-produced uh, and it does exactly what it wants to do and kind of keeping you on the hook for you know wondering what's going to happen. Um, but it is, and make no mistake about it, it is trash reality television. What I mean by that is we're not dealing with something that is going to change the world here. We're not dealing with, you know, the show makes little winks and nods at, you know, social consciousness, uh, how people relate to each other. But as with a lot of these shows, that stuff is pretty shallow when you consider it's, it's really all about, you know, uh, who can pretend to be nice to who. And and I'm not saying everybody's pretending, especially that first season. I think it was very, there were three or four players that genuinely had a connection just through um, social media. Mm. Um, and I think it was real. I really do think it was real. Um, but if you come into that late or you have a certain perspective on it, boy, does it feel fake because everybody's just being way too nice to everybody else. And so mm. you'll have that part of it too. Um yeah, I'm fascinated. I, I love this kind of stuff. Now, love it. Make sure whenever you go to look it up that you don't accidentally watch the Emma Watson, <laughs> Tom Hanks, John Boyega movie. Oh, man. And I think Patton Oswalt was in that too, wasn't he? 
I don't yeah. I don't remember. I have put that movie out of my brain. It's so bad. The only thing I remember about that movie is that the technology uh, seemed almost inevitable. I think we will live in a society at some oh, point because yeah. this is a society, uh, yeah. as the Joker might tell you. Um, I, I do think we will live in a society at some point that completely lacks privacy, where there, there will be cameras everywhere. And I think yeah. we just have to be ready for that. Um, we already are kind of there, you know, at least exterior to our homes. Um, and really, even interior to our homes, we think we're much more private than we probably are, considering all of our phones webcams. and webcams yeah. and all that kind of stuff is, is I wouldn't say easily accessible, but certainly accessible, especially to the government. So yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever I'm not doing like the show or anything like that, I, I put my webcam away. Now, a lot of people do or put or have like a little there. I've seen I've seen them sold like where you have a little thing that just flips down over your webcam mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, but then same people are using those that just carry their phone around all day. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> no, <I'm safe>. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so yeah. But anyways, the circle. Uh, I I really I really am enjoying it. So thank you to everybody who suggested it. Um, there you go. That's my buried treasure. All, all right, right, Schweitzer. Schweitzer, what do you got? Look, you give me a platform, and I'm gonna talk about my favorite movie of all time. All right. nice guys. Do it. Nice. I love this movie so very much. It's so good. <laughs> yeah um this this grows every single time i watch it which is why yeah look it, it's it's my favorite movie of all time uh beating out whiplash and shawshank and inception all that um ryan gosling is on a whole nother level and really unlike what we've seen him in this movie uh russell crowe is is at his like perfect russell crowiness um the 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 real star of this movie is the daughter played by angry rice uh kills the, it this is maybe my favorite screenplay ever uh, with, with Shane Black writing and directing this. Uh, the 70s LA feel is funny. Uh, or it, not funny. It's, it's perfect. Uh, I was just thinking about my next point, which is this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my whole life. Uh, all of the humor is perfect for on par for me. And um, I, I don't think there's a single joke that doesn't land in this movie. And uh, I initially thought the movie was maybe a little overcomplicated the first time I saw it. But um, I... I don't care. I enjoy so much of this movie so much. What's your favorite so. part of this movie? I want to see if it's my favorite part too. Um, gosh, it's Ryan Gosling at Sid Shattuck's party. Oh yeah, that's that's so good. Mine's close. To I that. was questioning the mermaids. Where were you? Yeah, I was, my favorite part is whenever Russell Crowe is telling him the uh, the story of the presidential motorcade and Nixon yep. gets out. And then later on in the movie, after he falls off the roof, he sees Nixon in the pool. He's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this movie is terrible. I hate it. No, you so don't. bad. No, you do. Um, I have. No. I have recorded proof saying otherwise. <laughs> this movie's hilarious. I love um, it. And, I and you're right. It does get better every time. Yeah. And you mentioned both Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe being great in this. I think the real star is how great they are together. That's their, what Shane Black does the best. Their chemistry yeah. in this is it's just so good. And I remember when this movie came out. They even did like press appearances and stuff together. You could tell they just had a blast together, and I just yeah. think it shows on screen. Um, so yeah, I'll throw I'll throw my uh, my uh, weight behind this recommend uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't I don't fault you at all for this being your number one. And like yeah. I said, this is what Shane Black does best. I mean, you look at Lethal Weapon, like Mel Gibson and Daniel. The chemistry those guys have together. Mm -hmm. That's this what this guy knows. He yeah. knows yep. what he's doing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Well, we did it, guys. Woo! We set off to Woo! get all three of us on this mission to our to our destination, and we all survived and got to destination at the end of the podcast. Flawless victory. Well done. <laughs> 
much for joining us today on Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out live in person today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil for producing the show. Bye, Phil. Uh, thanks to Drew for putting together uh, all the graphics that you see on the screen. Big clap. And uh, thank you to Aaron Schweitzer for hanging out with us today as the guest. Uh, Aaron, where would you like to send people? Where can people find you online? Yeah, we'll send people to the Sip Pop Writers Room podcast. Uh, I, I host that every week, every Wednesday with uh guests every week uh, various writers at sifpop.com uh every every year or so we get an air dicer on the show and, uh, <laughs> um it's 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 just become such a pleasure um and uh, i guess you could follow me on twitter at schweitcastle the podcast again is the sift pop writers room and uh if you ever want to get to know all the different writers for sifpop.com it's a great place to do that as well as some really fun pop culture conversations so. real quick Schweitcastle might be one of the best Twitter handles ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Thanks, Andrew. It's a good one. It's that's, a good that's one. That's so good. Uh, yeah. If you want to be a Sif Pop member, you can do that at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Uh, support starts at $3 a month, and you can check out what each of the different levels get you there. Um, so lots of fun stuff going on there, including the bonus podcasts. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment. You can rate the show. You can also leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, or you can email us. The email is feedback at sifpop.com. Feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than making a good video game movie. Uh, we will be back <laughs> next week with Mitchell versus the Machines and Without Remorse, uh, two movies that are already out uh, that we will catch up on next week. And uh, we will see you then. Bye. 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 That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 